0: Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome to The 5AM Miracle, episode number 482. Doing nothing is far worse than choosing the wrong next decision. Good morning, and welcome to The 5AM Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down a common paradox that leaves you frozen in fear with no results to speak of, why the all-or-nothing principle is completely flawed and terribly destructive, and how you can make a decision even if every choice appears to be the wrong one. Let's get to it! The only wrong choice is not choosing at all. You know, the fear of failure is a monster, and it's eating away at your potential every single time you choose not to choose. There's a classic paradox of being stuck between two meals. You choose neither of them, and then you starve to death. It's a really brutal illustration, but also a perfect one of what it means to forego making a decision because the fear of choosing the wrong one actually wins out. And so on the podcast this week, I want to break down what it means to make the right call, even when making the right call seems impossible, or you just feel stuck, or you just feel like, I don't know, what do I do next? I just can't make a choice. I've been there myself. I'm there all the time, and I'm there all the time in large part because I have a lot of ideas, I have a lot of goals, I have a lot of dreams, and a lot of fantasies, and a lot of potential, and a lot of bucket list things that I want to see come to fruition. Right? If you're an ambitious high achiever, you want a lot of things in life, and it's a good thing. It's awesome to want to do more, to push the boundaries, and to be an amazing human being at all times of the day. First of all, that's an impossible thing to pursue to be that amazing. But secondly, what tends to happen to a lot of people, especially high achievers, is we get to a point where we feel like perfectionism is winning out. We get to a point where we say, well, because of my past successes, well, I can't fail now because I've done so well. I can't drop the ball now. That's not going to work. And Maybe I could do that you know, back in my early days, but not today. But these kinds of thoughts tend to kick in. And so what happens is we find ourselves in these weird positions of saying, wait a minute, I've been successful. I know I can do that again, but what do I do? How do I actually choose? Because if I choose the wrong one and I screw up, what does that mean for me? This kind of a perspective, this kind of a scenario is just so common. It's common in my own life. It's common in the lives of my clients. It's common in the lives of so many people that I know because they find themselves saying, I want to do the right thing. I want to do the big next thing that's awesome. And I don't want all the negativity and all the downsides of failure and mistakes. I just want all the good and none of the bad. Unfortunately, that's not how life works. (laughs) And so this week, I'm going to break down uh, what it really means to do nothing. Uh, what we can do moving forward with making the right decisions, and some context we can provide uh, to find ourselves in a better position going forward when these forks in the road take place, because they will. So in the episode this week, we're going to talk about doing nothing and talk about what it means to not do nothing and why the doing nothing part is the wrong part. It is the wrong fork in the road. So let's start with that perspective what doing nothing actually looks like. At the top of the episode, I mentioned this idea of a classic paradox where you're stuck between two meals and you starve to death. Uh, This comes from a story that usually features a donkey, and this donkey is stuck, in this example, between two meals. Uh, The two meals are identical in taste and size and distance from the donkey. And so because these two choices are perfectly equal, the donkey can't choose either one and therefore it just lays there and dies. I don't think you're going to die if you don't make the right decision in most of these things you're considering, whether it's a career move or a health and fitness move or some other personal relationship choice. Odds are death is not on the table. However, this idea of being so stuck between two things or multiple things beyond two that we can't seem to figure out which option to choose, which door to open, which fork in the road to go down, Right? We, we've all been there. We know what it means to feel that, that sense of just like, ugh, how, how do I choose? What's the criteria? What's the filter? What allows me to make this choice a lot easier? And in this classic example, this donkey literally dies, but what that really means is there's a consequence to doing nothing. There is a very real consequence to not making a decision. Feeling stuck happens being, you know, confused happens. But if that stuck experience, that stuckness, right, that confusion, that awkward period, if it lasts too long, those consequences become very real. So here are some examples of what this could look like. Let's imagine you have a bucket list of lots of grandiose goals and big ticket items that you want to experience in life, but you decide that all of these things you're going to do them later. There's no time right now for one of those bucket list goals, but surely you'll have time in a few years. Surely you'll have time when X thing changes in your life, but it never does. And the bucket list goes unfulfilled. Another example, you might tell others what you plan to do. You have, once again, these grandiose plans, these big, high-achieving things you want to do, and so you make a public announcement of what these things are going to be. But then, of course, over time, you get distracted. Other priorities kick in. These goals are never achieved, and you ultimately end up not taking action, not doing the thing you said you were going to do. A final example here is you want to make a big career move, but you can't decide which job to take or which industry to pursue. And so you end up staying unhappily at the current job you're at for decades. And then after those many decades have passed, you're actually more unhappy than ever. The big career move never took place. These examples are just not only exhausting, they're depressing, right? We don't want to find ourselves stuck somewhere for so long that the consequences feel like death. You may not starve to death like the donkey, but you're going to feel like you died because you let yourself down. I don't want that for you. What I want for you is to not experience this sense of torment that comes from being In this paradoxical stuck period, this purgatory that you would be in is not going to be your future. But now let's take a step back for a second. How did we get here? Why do we do nothing? Why do we find ourselves stuck between multiple options, unable to choose? What exactly is the obstacle that is preventing us from making a clear decision with confidence? Because that's the goal here. I want to be able to say, Here's option A, here's option B, I'm going to choose B, and here's why, let's go. And that's the end result we're going for. That sense of, I've looked at my choices, I've made my decision, off we go. But why is that not happening? How did we not get to that point to begin with? And the answer is fear. There's actually a lot of fear that kicks in here. I was doing some brainstorming for this episode this week, and I wrote down eight different fears. There could be more than this. This is how many I was able to think of in just a few minutes, thinking of myself going through this kind of experience even as recently as yesterday, because I've got some career moves that I want to make myself, and I am stuck between options and trying to decide which path to take and why. So this is not an uncommon thing. This happens to all of us. It's happening to me as we speak. But these fears, these are the reasons why we find ourselves unable to make these choices with confidence. The first is a straight up fear of failure. We are high achievers. We are successful people. We don't want to fail. Failing is bad, right? Failure is not an option. Failure is terrible. This is what we're told. We're taught that failure is a bad thing, that these two things are equal, that failure and bad are the same. I'm here to tell you that it's not true. Failure is feedback. Failure is an opportunity. Failure is just another step on the journey, period. And when you allow the fear of failure to stop you from making choices, you are going to be stuck indefinitely because that fear never goes away because failure is part of life. Making mistakes is the journey. Human beings are flawed, like, we are not machines. And even machines are flawed, so we can't even compare ourselves to those. So if the fear of failure is stopping you, I would encourage you to become best friends with feedback that you get from your experiences and drop the word failure altogether. The second fear is what I would really classify as fear of the unknown, which really means if you have these multiple choices and you're just not sure where these choices lead, that could cause you to not take action because you're not sure what's going to happen. And that apprehension, that lack of certainty about the lack of success or the guarantee of success could cause you to say, well, because I can't guarantee success at the outset, I'm not going to pursue anything because I don't know for certain this is going to work. I'm not going to pursue it, which is similar to fear of failure, but it's more a fear of because I don't know, I'm going to err on the side of caution and do Nothing. The third fear is the fear of making a mistake or not being perfect. This is similar once again to fear of failure, although this one is tied to the idea of being a perfectionist. This is tied to that idea that we want to maintain that reputation of always being the go getter, always being that perfect person. And because of that, we just are apprehensive at every turn about doing anything wrong ever. It's not failure in the grandiose sense. It's more of those little death by a thousand cuts, right? We don't want to have all those little things add up. We don't want to be the kind of person who just can't get it together. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, That's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babel's 14 award winning language courses are backed by their 20 day money back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fear number four is the fear of embarrassment which is tied into all of this because most of what we're talking about here is public feedback. Embarrassment is a social experience. It's hard to feel embarrassed by yourself, right? Like that that doesn't tend to happen. Uh, What I tend to do in my business most of the time is I will work through a project or an idea or a theory alone, and then I don't share it publicly or even with my wife, Tessa, until I'm convinced the idea is worth sharing and I'm doing this, that's right, to avoid embarrassment, even with my wife, who knows me for all the flaws that I have. It'd be very hard to actually be embarrassed in front of her, but that's still true. It's still a real thing. And so that fear of embarrassment causes us to do nothing. Fear number five is tied directly to this podcast, which is a fear of wasting time or a fear of not being productive. It's a fear of not using every minute of every day to do the next most amazing thing. And because we have this fear of wasting time, we don't do anything or utilize the time well. So what that means is we actually just keep doing what we're doing. So let's imagine that you're trying to choose between two big new projects and you can't choose either one. You might err on the side of doing the current project you're working on or the current line of work you're in and you don't ever shift gears you don't ever pivot to the next thing because you don't want to waste your time on a project that might fail and then therefore waste your time because you didn't get the results you wanted. The fear of wasting time is also extremely flawed because that's the only way you're going to get the results you need to know where to go. Yes. Number six is a fear of disrupting the status quo. This could be in your own household. This could be at your office. It could be in the society or culture you live in. When you fear being a disruptor, you're really saying, I just want to be in line. I just want to not ruffle any feathers. I just want to do my thing and stay under the radar. I don't want anybody else to know what I'm doing. And if I end up causing a ruckus, like it's going to cause me to feel bad, possibly embarrassed, possibly awkward. This fear of disruption is what causes people to not want to take on the big challenges and big opportunities that could change their entire life. For me, when I became a full-time entrepreneur, which was eight years ago now, I didn't do so on purpose. I did so on accident. I was laid off for my job, and the layoff was the thing that caused me to then all of a sudden be a full-time entrepreneur by default. And I chose at that point not to get a new full-time day job, but had, you, had that layoff not taken place, had I not been told I had to leave, I would have stayed. And had I stayed at that full-time job eight years ago, there is a strong possibility I would still be there today. And I can tell you unequivocally that that would have been a terrible future by comparison to what I'm doing today. And not terrible because the company was terrible, the people were terrible. No, 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 no. Terrible for me because I was unable to disrupt my own status quo. I was unable to pull the plug myself. Now, that does not mean that you should quit your job today. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when you know yourself and when you know the best opportunities for you and you don't take the chance to jump in and you stay where you are out of fear, you miss the opportunities that could come. For you, they just pass you by. This is a challenge. This is a big one here. Disrupting the status quo is an internal disruption first, external second. Fear number seven is the fear of struggle. It might be hard. (laughs) This thing I'm going to pursue might be difficult. I might have to work. I may have to do something that causes me to sweat and stay up late and put in long hours and ugh. This might be a difficult thing. So oftentimes we tend to lean on comfort, right? The, the human, uh, I guess, experience in general is one of, if I see a pillow and a blanket, I'm going there first, like forget the rest, not going to work hard. I'm going to go chill over here. The apprehension to, to not want to pursue something that's hard is not only common. Like that's our default response and so to choose struggle, to choose hardship, to choose uh, to disrupt that own status quo that we have all the time, is it's a really intentional decision, right? The episode last week, I talked about running ultra marathons and really pursuing ambitious goals in the physical fitness sense, right? That's a massive disruption to your own status quo. That's a struggle, right? You have to push hard. And the fear of having to work will cause most people to say, no, no, no. I'm, I'm good where I am. The final one I wrote down here, the final fear, number eight, is the fear that we can't do it all. So why even try? Why even begin? Right. This is the all or nothing principle that is just failing us all the time. This false belief that if we can't do everything, we therefore will do nothing. And if you're looking between a variety of options and you say, well, option A is going to take a long time. It's hard. It's going to be challenging. I can't do the whole thing in a single sitting, so I'm just going to not even start. Because if I do, oh, wow, it's going to be a lot. I get that perspective. I've, I'm there all the time, too. I, I look at my projects and I ask the question, which one's easiest, <laughs> which one can I get done in two hours instead of you know two days, which project could I finish in the next week instead of the next year? And that leaning towards, once again, comfort or easy path or leaning towards something that's quick, those quick wins are potentially very dangerous. There's a common kind of, I guess called a philosophy in the world of productivity, which is to build momentum with the snowball effect. You want to get a little bit going that builds a little more, little more. And over time you've built this ginormous snowball that becomes an avalanche of success, which is a wonderful analogy. And in many areas of life, I think it actually does apply. But when it comes to this analogy here of being stuck It potentially is the worst case scenario because in this case, what tends to happen, this is what I've seen most often, is that we don't actually pursue the tiny little efforts, the little things that will get us going, the small momentums, because we see the future. We can forecast that little thing becoming a bigger thing and even bigger and even bigger than that. And because we can forecast the future to some degree, we can see how big that thing is. And because that mountain keeps growing bigger and bigger, it becomes scarier and scarier, and then causes us to say, no thanks. And that entire thought process can happen so quick, like in an instant. You look at a project, you can forecast mentally, oh, wait, that thing is huge. Nope, goodbye. That kind of a fear is going to be one of the biggest opportunities that are missed that I could possibly imagine. This could happen with running an ultramarathon, writing a book, starting a business, going to grad school, changing careers, or these big monumental bucket list life goals. They fall into this category because we simply see the whole picture instead of that next tiny action, that little thing we could do to push us forward. So in this example, the snowball effect can work to your advantage if you choose to start that process. But of course it never works if all you're ever thinking about is how much you have to do. So those are eight fears that I thought of. I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there are more fears, and these are all tied together. As you can see, these examples here, these are all related, and they all kind of come back to these same themes over and over and over again, that we find ourselves stuck for these same almost ridiculous reasons. I don't want to use that word necessarily, but it's that's kind of how it feels, right? Like we're holding ourselves back. That's the real name of the game here. We are holding ourselves back, and we have the opportunity to not do that. Now, what are the real-world consequences here? All right. Let's imagine that you're not going to starve to death that's not actually on the table, but what are the consequences of not making a choice or delaying a choice or being stuck for far too long? What actually takes place? Because I've kind of painted this kind of bleak picture of being stuck, but is it that bleak? Well, let's see. The first consequence that I wrote down here that I think is the most common one is regret. I've seen these uh, very popular studies that have said that the most common regret at the end of life for those who are surveyed, you know, they're very the very oldest of the old are uh, surveyed and they're asked, "Hey, in your life, your many decades on this planet, what do you regret the most?" And the number one answer is, "I didn't take a chance. I had a dream, I didn't pursue it. There was something I wanted." I didn't go after it, whether it was a relationship, a business goal, whatever it was, personal hobby, who knows? There was something that they wanted. They didn't do it. And that regret could eat you alive. That's a real consequence of not taking action is this extraordinary regret that will snowball over time and the worst possible way because that kind of regret doesn't go away. It just gets bigger. Consequence number two is just simply never actually achieving your goals. So you may have a bucket list of items you want to do or just simply another task list of things you're working on. And if you choose to not pursue something, then nothing gets done. In a very practical sense, there is no achievement. There is no success. And depending on what it is you're trying to do here, that may not matter too much. Maybe you're stuck on something that's kind of inconsequential. But maybe you're stuck on something that actually does have real-world consequences. And not achieving something can backfire in many different ways. But the very simplistic nature of this is you want something, you take no action, you don't get something. That's it. Third consequence is possibly embarrassment from not taking action. This goes back to the previous fear, which really stems from if you told other people you would do something and you didn't do it then you have to experience any potential backlash that may have, uh, which could be real or could just be imagined. But either way, there is that potential for that consequence to take place, especially if you are more vocal about the goals you then didn't pursue. Consequence number four is to just simply stay stuck, but to stay stuck in a way that means you're not growing. I have thought about this concept a lot in the past because one thing that I have been in love with for many years is personal development. The books and the audiobooks and the podcasts and the seminars you would go to and the entire industry around personal growth is about the growth element, which means it's about getting better than you were yesterday because the theory is if you're not growing, you're dying and staying stuck is in of itself an act of death. I'll use that term again. I know it's kind of overkill here. Oh my gosh, did it again. (laughs) But if you stay stuck, you're not growing. You're not improving. You're not making forward progress. That's not happening. Therefore, decay is the only other possibility. So a real world consequence of not making a decision is not just lacking the growth, but it's active decay. Consequence number five is you miss opportunities to explore, try new things, to learn about yourself and the world around you, right? There are so many things you could do with your time here on earth, and if you don't make a decision, you delay the opportunity to explore an opportunity, which just seems like a missed opportunity. Man, I am just on fire today with these repetitions. Okay, consequence number six, you waste time on lesser things. This has been true for me in so many ways, where let's say, for example, that I make a priority list of my top 10 projects to work on or top 10 tasks for the day, and I'll pursue number two, number three, number four, number eight, number 10, but I never get around to number one. <laughs> Somehow I managed to do all the things on my list except the one thing I said I wanted to do. This is so common and so oh my, it's just like, it's a ridiculous place to be because what ends up happening is we are busy, we are constantly moving, we are checking boxes left and right, we feel like our life is going somewhere, but intuitively we know that what we've done is we've avoided saying yes to the number one thing or avoided making a decision to pursue the one thing we know we should. This is a common thing, and it's probably the thing that will stop you from great success or the thing that will cause amazing achievement when you say yes to number one. On this podcast recently, I did an episode about saying yes to the hard things first. That's what this is all about. You wake up at, I don't know, 5 a.m. and what do you do? Number one, right away, that's your first choice. And when that happens, guess what? You're not going to waste time on lesser things. You're not going to have that consequence because you said yes to number one right away. You got it done, and you use that success to build that snowball to take you into the rest of the day. The seventh consequence is just ultimately staying comfortable but miserable instead of experiencing the struggle that also comes with the rewards. I see really two sides of this story, right? The comfort side, which I actually view as long-term misery because comfort now means the miserable experience of not achieving what you want as opposed to the short-term struggle to fight for what you want. But then that comes with the long-term rewards and the lack of regret. In most cases, those are the two, that's, that's the fork in the road, right? That's the choice you have to make. Do I stay comfortable now and then not get what I want later? Or do I fight now and get what I want later? It really can be that simple. So the consequence of doing nothing It's a real thing. Now, I want to shift to the most important aspect of the episode, which is actually how to make a decision. And I want to open this up with probably one of the most famous quotations you have seen on the internet, um, especially if you follow really inspiring quotes. Uh, This is one that is put on posters and hung on walls in offices because it's just that good. Um, So this is Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th U.S. president. He gave a speech in Paris back in 1910, and this speech is well known today as the man in the arena. And here is a piece of that speech. Wow, that's, that's that's really good stuff right there. This is the kind of thing that makes me think, man, I missed the mark as a uh, author or podcaster. Should have had a precedent. Now, in all seriousness, uh, what Theodore Roosevelt is talking about here fits perfectly with this conversation of doing nothing versus choosing something even if it is the quote-unquote wrong decision. His perspective of being this man in the arena, this person who is striving valiantly, this is perfect. This speaks to the heart of what it means to say yes, to lean in, to go further, to make a decision, and to fight knowing full well you could make a mistake, knowing that error is part of the process, being okay with it, getting back up, and then moving on anyway. So let's get to a few key ideas here. I've got four written down for how to make a decision in a more confident way that allows you to overcome the doing nothing stuckness to overcome the possibility of all these fears and all of this uh, consequence that comes from not making a clear choice. Number one is move. Move now and think later is actually a better way to put it. Movement comes first. Making a choice is not actually a mental thing. It is a physical and emotional thing. Movement creates clarity, and it actually makes choices a lot easier. The way that I view this is if you're stuck, do just about anything. If you feel like I can't make a decision, just like fall forward into something. Get yourself physically and emotionally invested in any direction that's towards the thing you're trying to achieve, and you will then get feedback. You will then get some information which you can then use to make a better choice. This is not about knowing what step 12 looks like. If you're on step one, you can't see step 12. You can see step one. So take that first step and then guess what? You get step one completed, you can see step two. You finish two, you can see three. That's how the process works. And so if you move, you'd say yes to step one. You make that decision, that physical and emotional act. You've just pushed yourself forward. Now you're actually in the game. You're now in the arena. Number two is alignment. The real goal here is to align your natural strengths and interests with common needs and desires in the world. This is a a bigger picture sense of how to make those big career choices in life, those big relationship choices where you align who you are with the rest of the world in a nice kind of symbiotic way. Um, from my perspective as an entrepreneur, uh, this I see this a lot online, which is those who chase fame, they chase money, they look after these things that are just very fleeting, and they're not actually aligning themselves to where they truly belong. And so to make a great decision, it really comes from this internal perspective of I'm making a choice based upon who I am and what's best for me in this world. It's not some external thing that I'm going to go pursue just out of logic or out of you know availability, right, convenience. No, it's much more about what's the best choice for me? What's the best choice going forward? And that alignment between you and that decision, that's a powerful thing that can cause you to feel so much more confident about where you're heading. Number 3, which is similar, is to be magnetically pulled in to the thing you're trying to do. In other words, Don't force it. Go where you feel called to go. Do the work that speaks to you. Leverage what you can't stop thinking about, what you can't avoid. You do the thing that just, you can't not do it. You have to do it, right? This is why I'm a podcaster. This is why I do what I do because I can't not podcast. Like, I I have to be here now. I have no other way to explain it. There's no logic behind it. It's just, it's emotional, it's physical. It's it's an internal force. It's a magnetic pull that brings me here, talking to you now. Well, What does that mean for you in this place you're in? Is there a magnetic pull that brings you forth into the right decision? Now, not everything has that sense. That's not the way the world works all the time. But if you can leverage alignment and this magnetic pull, you will be drawn into the best right decision. And along those same lines, number four is to flow downstream. I can't tell you how many times in life that I have fought super hard for the wrong goal. I mean, just given blood, sweat, and tears to fight like crazy for something that didn't need to happen at all. Because I wasn't flowing downstream, I was fighting upstream with every ounce of energy I had, and it's just a waste of time. This is why there's that common philosophy of pick your battles. Because not every battle needs to be fought and not every battle needs to be won. And when you can choose your battles more wisely, when you can choose to flow downstream, when it makes sense, when you can align yourself with that nice, clear direction and that magnetism that pulls you in, well, now all of a sudden you're going somewhere that's that feels effortless, feels natural, it feels fun, it feels exciting. All right, just last week I talked about this idea of not just running ultra marathons and being physically active towards your next goal, but to go on an adventure, to explore the world, to go where you can have fun. Fun is a very simple clear way to know if what you're doing is right or wrong. Once again, not in every case, but in so many places if fun is not part of it, you might have made the wrong decision. <laughs> That's my take on it, but look at those things one more time. Movement first is extremely powerful towards the right decision, alignment with your strengths and interests, a magnetic pull to bring you in, and to flow downstream towards things that make sense, that's not causing you to have to force an end result. If that's what you can do to align yourself to these things, making choices can be easier, it can be more clear, it can be more fun, and can provide significantly better results. And that's really what we're talking about, right? That's the point of this, to break free of the stuckness, to get into that sense of clarity and confidence, and to pursue your next goal, your next major objective, with this kind of, of fire in you that you otherwise would never have. And for the action step this week, make your choice. Will it be the wrong choice? No. Doing nothing is the wrong choice. Remember, that's the whole point of the episode. (sighs) Doing something moves you forward. It creates momentum. It propels you into the solution. Even if the path is winding, confusing, frustrating, or terribly difficult, it will be far superior than taking no action at all jeffsanders.com slash 482 is the place to go with episode notes or, of course, subscribe to this podcast or follow in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early.